0: Hello everyone and welcome to Integrated Rhythm, two swing dancing besties, that's Chisomo Salamani and myself, Bobby White, navigating the world of race and the black experience in the world of jazz dance and other Afrocentric social dancing. In this episode we talked to the renowned MC teacher, Integrated Rhythm musician and Lindy Focus meeting co-host Michelle Stokes. We had such a fun time talking that we ended up having a two-parter. This part will focus on Michelle coming into dance and the swing scene as she saw it through the lenses of being a black woman. Part two will cover her philosophy as an MC and what an ideal scene looks like to her. This episode naturally began by talking and joking about hair. We kept it in because as you'll see, hair is not only an important cultural part of the black experience, it's also literally a consideration black people and especially black women have to consider in the world of social dancing, especially in a white mainstream space. By the way, for those who don't know, snatched is a term that comes from the black drag queen community. It means looking good in a powerful way. Think of it as a word describing anything that would snatch your wig off, its original implied meaning. The black and Latinx drag community is a huge contributor to slang. They've provided us the slang definitions of realness, tea, fierce, and shade, just to name a few. Since these words come from very marginalized communities, give a think about if and how you use them yourself. So now let's take it away with an amazing conversation with Michelle Stokes.
1: Somo and Bobby. I'm sorry. I'm the edges the are table. just such a delicate subject. Like, that's <laughs> you know, the whole podcast on just edges I'm <laughs> them and not snatching them. <laughs> and the value of the snatch <laughs> and what it means to be black and snatched. <laughs> like, same. Black, <laughs> black
2: and snatching.
1: Yeah, black it's and snatching. Black and that's the title uh, right there. That's, that's the name of this box. Of the time. so good, accurate. Black and to be snatched. <laughs> black and to be snatched. It's true. Like there's so Ooh-hoo. much.
2: Um, like people determine so much about you uh, from Ooh. the way that you talk and the way that you yeah. look. Yeah, and so. Um, like I, I'm often like a white-sounding black girl. So mm. people, if my hair is not right, then they're like, Ooh. you know,
0: it's like a double. A <laughs> oh man, you off have the jump, it's like, just a double. A. You have
1: to compensate. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, like <laughs> also too. A thing is though. Okay, there you can catch different guys romantically based off of. Mm-hmm. what your hair is so if you're like a natural yes. gal you're gonna you're gonna catch different guys versus if you did a perm and press or whatever right it's like kind of the same it's like if your voice is this then you should kind of match it with this but when you don't it's a lot of craziness it is it's true it's true like and so that's
2: why i've kind of decided for me right now <laughs> the best combination is the locks. With mm-hmm. the with the, the voice, voice, right? Because it's like <laughs> you see the locks, and you're like, "Oh, she's down." You hear it's the voice, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like mm, I don't
1: know. <laughs> "Maybe,
2: maybe, maybe not." But like, but she's still wearing those locks. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, no, I get it, I get it. And Bobby too, like your question, like, what if you switch it up a lot? It's like then you get different, you get different people. It's weird. It is weird. Like. It's depending on what kind of guy and this is my perspective but this is what i'm seeing depending on what kind of guy you want to get or attract is the kind of hairstyle you like make your hair to be so the more i know it sounds silly and maybe maybe i could be wrong people call in tell us if it's wrong (laughs) but if you have like a silky hair like a silky perm and press kind of or like extensions put in or weave braided or like lace front wigs or whatever you might attract somebody like professional i'm doing air quotations professional because that's the hairstyle deemed like a, I feel like a certain level of like prominence or maybe money or something right but if you have a natural hairstyle those same guys might not be into it so you'll get another kind of guy who's like oh yeah i want a sister <laughs> yeah,
2: i want with some nappy hair like i need yeah, her. To be i don't want to sell out
1: i don't want no sell yes. out i want that yeah. natural <laughs>
2: yes, okay. i want some natural yeah uh, i want to see that i want to see those 4c curls like yeah, i want to see them. the
1: curls i want her I to want those it. curls <laughs>
2: like, okay. yeah, right. so but, but it's true it's true though like um there's different perceptions of oh. like, like I, I remember a couple years ago I had like a, a sew in um mm-hmm. and like long like super probably like actually as long or longer than my judge right now. Oh. Not um um my locks right now. And it was like straight and mm-hmm. long. And I was just like, I'm not gonna lie, felt like a princess, uh-huh. but <laughs> uh-huh. Just uh-huh. like the, the hair <laughs> waving you know just like waving waving hair um yes. but it, it is like it's like people look at you different mm-hmm. they look at you different with with that yeah. but then when I I remember oh one of my favorite moments it was and it was talking to a guy that I was kind of interested in at oh. the time um I had natural hair and mm-hmm. it was my hair mm-hmm. and it was in a twisted style and Mm kind of short Mm -hmm. it's actually a super cute style because my stylist does not play She does not
1: she knows what she's doing it's not like an at-home person it's like so good yeah
2: Yeah. it was like actually probably one of the best styles for me for my face and it was it was short so like I had this little like bang situation with the twists Mm -hmm. and then like the rest of the twists were pulled back, so it was short. Yeah, yeah. Um. And this, and I remember talking to this guy who was not black.
0: Just mm-hmm. put it there.
2: And I was, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah." So, what do you think about my hair? And he was like, "Well, um, you always kind of have you always have cool hair." So uh i just think it's cool it's like cool hair so i was doing this thing where i was playing like the the like the woke sister like the he yeah. knew yeah and i was just like oh no i don't know oh
1: no i don't know how i feel about that yo 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 okay so i got two hair stories but i'll tell you only one because i know we're supposed to be doing a little a little recording <laughs> <laughs> so i went to a swing event i went to a balboa event it was my first balboa event and my only balboa event and my friend Casey, he was like, I'll pay for you. I promise you're going to enjoy it. Casey's always, like, encouraging the Tulsa people to go stuff places. So I'll pay for you, like, and we'll do the beginner Balboa class. And I was like, okay. But I had gone to Laurel's sister's wedding, and I decided to get my hair done. And I ended up getting, like, a weave, right? So I had, a, like, a long weave that had, like, this S curl and stuff to it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I just got it. I paid all this money. Like, I don't want to take it out before the event. Because, like, I have to wear my hair natural because I sweat too much. So I can't right. wear any other style but a natural style, yeah. which is another compl- uh, complication to the swing dance <laughs> with hair. Yes. I went and I had my hair was, like, all long. It was, like, how all the, like, gals be wearing it. And I felt real cute, right? And so, of course, I'm like, (laughs) and uh, people, people are like, oh, that's Michelle, Oh, that's Michelle, like, because I had this hair, right? And I felt like I was not treated more attractively, but I felt like people's visual of me being actually attractive was set off by this hair. Now, I remember I had a full meltdown, though, because I danced the first night and I was having fun, Balboa, yeah, 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 real good time, real good time, good time. The second night, though, I had, like, the second Saturday night, we had done the classes all day, and I had wrapped my hair. But you know, when you wrap it, you be sweating right at the root. Right,
2: right, yeah. So,
1: like, I, and you know how quick things are. You go to class, you go to food, and you come back for the dance. And that's how quick mm-hmm. the turnover was. It was so fast, I had no time to do my hair at the house. And I completely had, like, a meltdown in the car, because I was like, they're going to know. They're going to know it's fake. They're going to know <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I remember, like, taking the, the like, thing off in, like, the, the bathroom and, like, the hair was, like, uh, like, scratched up at the top because it had curled. it's was, like, ah! and then everything else was silky and I was, like, so, like, it, re- it reminded me of being, like, a kid again, like, how embarrassing it was for your hair to be in its natural state, like, when you did things like PE and stuff. And yeah. I was just like, oh, no, they're going to know. They're yeah. going to
2: know it's not mine, but they didn't grow it. Like, <laughs> it's like secret's out. No, <laughs> secrets that's, out. that's so true. So I um, was, so I live in Cleveland. Valerie mm-hmm. Selstrom one of my, she's like my swing mom, et cetera. She mm-hmm. is all bubble a weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the ABWs, I think it was ABW 14, mm-hmm. 2014. I was like, just trying to pop in and pop out. Yeah. And um, I I had gotten my hair done that mm-hmm. day, that Friday. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. it done, not associated with ABW because I now have learned my lesson about <laughs> dance events, right? But oh, back yeah. then, I hadn't learned my lesson about mm-hmm. dance events and like the hair care, whatever situation. Yes, you need. correct. Right. So I had my natural hair, and it mm-hmm. had been flat ironed and like mm-hmm. styled, silky. You know, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So it was flowing. I could like whatever with it. Your head
1: and a little bit. Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, "Oh, it's about boa. It's not as like, it, it don't, it's not as movie as Lindy Hop. I don't have to mm-hmm. run around the same way. I'll be fine. It's yeah, yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: learned my lesson. Because yeah. the atmosphere is wet. <laughs> you forget. <laughs> so like it's starts on to the bottom. <laughs>
2: It's, it's hot, it's humid mm-hmm. it, it's sweaty in there like I didn't even have to really move like... For to like start changing form and so then, but I still like an idiot dance so I danced and then it just like got, it went from at first it was flowing and then it got like a little stiff and then it just like started to like so...
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's how it does oh my gosh, this is hilarious okay, first of all, y'all got to use some of this so people know <laughs> let me know <laughs> That's why, okay, look it. Okay, so maybe this isn't part of the questions, but that's why, okay. So, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just funny. Okay, okay, okay. So like, that's one of the ac- like, access factors that people don't think about okay. with like black women in their hair. Like mm-hmm. before I came into the swing dancing community, I always had a, a, a press and curl. Like never a perm, but like a press and curl. So my hair was always like wash, dry, press and curl. And so Mm -hmm. I remember going to the swing events and I was like, oh no, this isn't going to work. I sweat too much. I can't do this press and curl, which Mm -hmm. then puts you in a position of like, well, I can't do these victory rolls like these girls. I can't do these like certain Mm -hmm. styles that like people deem valuable when you're like dressing vintage and being cute. Like the cuter you are, the more you'll get to ask to dance. But if you can't get these victory rolls going because you're going to sweat them out. So like, what are you going to be able to do? So you're already Mm -hmm. now kind of separated out of like looking like the look because you can't even access it you can't get it because you're probably going to sweat it out So now you got to come up with some other some other like alternatives Mm -hmm. and those other alternatives aren't necessarily like popular so then you're already (laughs) it's crazy it's wild you're already like separated but it's like okay fine it it is what it is it's going to be that way anyway because you're like what one black out of like a hundred whites like in the room <laughs> like you know what I mean so it's like uh, it's whatever It chalk it up to how it is
2: yeah no it's true though it is I mean when we talk about accessibility you're right like entrance into the dance and then access to improvement and like there's we don't realize like how much appearance plays into access um like in when you think about that like the literal clothes that people are wearing how they sell mm-hmm. their hair what makeup they choose to wear mm-hmm. and then like if we're also I mean like how they identify right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's so the more um if
1: you're cute or not like if you're not cute right like in the face or in the body or whatever right like, then you're not getting asked to dance that night like, right because apparently (laughs) secretly guys go to these things to find gals and if you're not like the gal kind of look you
2: out yeah if you're not like what they want it's true it's Mm -hmm. people kind of do this like i'm gonna dance with a romantic potential romantic partner which is also kind of uh, mind-boggling like i i kind of get it because in society people seem to think that when you go to like a ballroom type event mm-hmm. findings you're finding people finding like yeah. a perfect match or something I don't know there's like just all kinds of weird nonsense with that but
1: that is true
2: but yeah. like with social wh- what we know historically with social dancing that's not mm-hmm. not necessarily the case. Also just so you know I you probably already know this you got the notification we we've been recording. So yes yeah all this stuff will be will be included <laughs> Um, I w- I do want to adjust the light thing because um yeah. I- I'm gonna do that. But Bobby, did you we have just we just kinda
1: tuning in? <laughs> we are friends and so we just started having a friend conversation <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> michelle and i are like i have to say i i feel like i've
2: known you a really long time but i know we haven't known each other that long but yeah. we've become like we became pandemic pals like we became yes. like really close in the pandemic and this so, is correct yes um so i feel like at anytime. <laughs> Whatever you experienced in our conversation, that's us. We were just like we. I want to talk to you <laughs> about some stuff. I want to talk to you about hair. So let's do it. So. Let's let's get down to it. <laughs> let's get to it. So exactly. So but I'm gonna adjust my lighting thing. And okay. then Bobby, Bobby has been with us this entire time. Those who hello, were listening- Bobby.
1: <laughs> Bobby is glo- Wait, Bobby is glowing. Bobby is glowing. Hair's looking right. <laughs> Shirt's looking I'm cool.
0: Glowing because this light. Three feet from my face because I'm outside <laughs> on a patio. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, you know, it made me think about, so, you know, I, I, I started dancing when I was 18 and I, so first, the, the first love was doing the physics and the fun and the, and the, the, you know, and the music and all that kind of stuff. And there was the strong secondary understanding, like, you know, when I was 18, and if you watch tv or movies and stuff the the way that the adult world seemed to work is that you're expected to like go to a bar and talk to people that you're interested in and that was supposed to be how like in, in tv and movies like that's how the the you know the ritual ensued and that scared the crap out of me because like it's so uncomfortable to go up to someone and just start talking to them and so i do remember that like when i first got into swing dancing i was like oh wait last night at the dance i met like 16 people that i'd never met before and i could have struck up a conversation relatively easy as opposed to this concept of like going to a bar and like being very awkwardly going up to someone and so uh and i wonder how much like how many of my fellow white people that had maybe a similar experience that like Mm -hmm. there's swing dancing offers a Mm non-awkwardness to meeting people uh but i wonder how much that is not part of i mean how much is that a part of of black culture is that a problem in black culture
1: Hmm. like for me i guess i can i'll speak for myself like i started swing dancing because i live with these two gals and they were friends like Friend and I was like always the third wheel and I was like I'm tired of this I want to try something different I want to see I want to be the person that does the things I want to be adventurous so that's like something I wanted for myself so I was like what can I do and I thought to myself what is something that's interesting that people don't like like do a lot of like not necessarily trendy I was like you know what I love jazz what if I tried swing dancing so I googled it on my newly acquired Android phone because at that point in time, I only had flip phones. I didn't believe in cell phones. I was like, this is dumb. (laughs) So I got an Android phone that could connect to the web, like the internet. And I was like, oh, I'm fancy now, big time. And I Googled it and it was like, oh, you can go to the Jazz Depot. They're having a free concert. And so uh, I went there and they said dancing would be there. And I went there and it was like a certain age level. It was like 50 year old and up and everybody had brought their own partner. And I called previously on the phone and been like, do you need a partner for this? They said, no. So I got there and again, I was like a hundredth wheel, like just like, that's an even number, but I was just another wheel because everybody already was partnered up. So I was like, ugh, I just am trying to find something like another community to find new friends. Like, so that's why I was going. I was just going to try something new, have new friends. And then I Googled again and then another association came up. It's called the Oklahoma Swing Syndicate or TOSS. And so there's dances every Saturday. They do it out of like a Presbyterian church's gym. And like, there's a DJ, there's a lesson and all this stuff. So I went and went as a complete stranger. I knew nobody and I just went to try it. And I remember this girl came up to me. Her name is June. And she came up to me and she was all like, Hey, you're new. My name is June. And or she at the time she was going by, I think, Pearl. And she's all like, Yeah, come with me. And like, it's your first time, right? Oh man, that's cool. Like, like having a conversation. So it was super friendly. And she was all like, Don't worry. I was like, Yeah, I'm nervous. I don't know if I'll get asked to dance. I don't know how this works. She's like, Don't worry. Pretty girls like us never have to wait around. <laughs> that's what she said I was like, I was like, oh and then a part of me was like, Oh, so she thinks I'm pretty. Okay. Hey, okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Also, we're apparently in like a nineteen nineties movie, like a <laughs> high school movie.
1: <laughs> I know. It was like, oh my gosh. And um I remember like uh it wasn't very diverse, but like everyone was super friendly and everyone was asking everybody to dance and it was super friendly. So our scene seems to be like The guys who do want to go out to meet the girls, they're usually, like, 19 years or younger. So, they're, like, high schoolers. (laughs) Like, they're, like, yeah, I want to meet girls in a nice way, respectably. (laughs) And then then homeschoolers and then, like, an older crowd, a more mature crowd that likes to sit and listen to the music and, like, watch everybody dance. And then there's, like, this weird kind of in-between age that, like, sometimes comes, sometimes doesn't come. So, yeah, I... I don't know how it is for black culture as a whole, but for me, I just went, cause I, I want a new friends. So I was like, let me go and do this adventurous thing.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel I, when I heard that question, like my, my thought is like two things. Like if mm-hmm. you're going into um, a black space, like a black dominated space mm-hmm. where dancing is taking place, which I mm-hmm. feel like that's, that's an entirely different issue. Right. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there's, um, then there's like walking into a swing, a swing uh-huh. venue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> walking into a swing venue as a black person. And I, um, I, th- I would say that from the different stories that I've heard, it seems like if we were to talk about the black woman experience, walking into a, to a swing dance scene, I think we all share some similarities. Oh, like you not hit it. Yes. <laughs> yes like, I, I think that we we experienced similar things and so yes. um I because I, I I agree with you like my the way that I got into swing um my it was a person who was in my dorm mm-hmm. like she was she lived next door and then we became fast friends and we're very mm-hmm. close to this day like we were mm-hmm. we became best friends in college mm-hmm. um her name's Felicia Felicia Bodie and she was <laughs> she loves swing dancing and she was like i love swing dancing it's really cool and i was cool. like
1: is it <laughs> <laughs> oh she <Shasoma> got jokes <laughs> <laughs> she was like, cool
2: and she's like you should come with me sometime i was like no <laughs> like i just i i was so resistant and then i eventually went with her and i was like oh this is cool but i remember it was you know whenever you go into into a space where you where and I was experienced this I've experienced this the majority of my life where I enter a space and I'm like I need to read the situation before I get involved yes this is correct
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes for fun and for safety you're like let me scan the room and they're like key things you look for too (laughs) which is so sad you're like are there certain kinds of flags here are there certain kind of patches people are wearing (laughs) <laughs> Are there certain clothing that's being worn? You're like, oh, okay,
2: exactly. and then you kind of you scan the room, you look mm-hmm. at them, and then you look at yourself, and you're like, what did mm-hmm. I choose to wear today? Like, exactly, what mm-hmm. attitude did I put on? What yes. physical clothing <sighs> did I put on? What's my hair doing in this moment? Yes. This, is yeah, so, yes,
1: everything you're saying is correct. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I was lucky enough to go to toss that day and have somebody. Like she kind of escorted me kind of the whole night, Mm -hmm. kind of like she kept on checking back with me and stuff like that. It was super friendly. And then from there, there were two leads that were really good in our scene, like super good, like they win competitions and stuff. And they would ask all the gals, including me. So it was like, it's kind of like if they signed off, like everybody, like it's kind of like everybody was cool with you, you know. But in other scenes, it's not like that. Like now you got to play this game of like, okay, so who's here? Like, right. do they, like, I mean are they asking people to dance like what's yeah. it like like exactly how you described so yeah
2: yeah and I mean yeah and I, I noticed real quick that like how good you were was currency but then also how you dressed was currency and then yes. also like you're like you were talking about yeah. how cute are you in the body how yeah. cute are you in the face right so All of that
1: is currency for you to spend how you want and for others to be like I see value in you so if you're hot yeah. if you got a body yadi yaddy if you yeah. like but what I say body yada yada I don't mean curvy I mean like if you're like straight as a board or really petite that's the body yada yada that's right right
2: exactly and because if you're short,
1: you know if you're short if you're tall nah you ain't it but if you're short maybe
2: right right if you're short and like slim like I short. so because I I knew that my mm-hmm. my body was not it for the situation mm-hmm. like I was like there are situations in it. which my body isn't mm-hmm. but this is not one of them
1: yeah <laughs> yeah Lindy how body is like oh uh, okay Look at, look at, look at, look at. I'm about to tell it. Libby hot body will get you in competitions, will win you competitions, will get you hired. Libby hot body gets you lots of things. And if you're, if you're a short, petite gal, who's cute in the face and slim in the waist, then you are popular. And if you are anything but that in any way, shape or form, like where people have to like think about it too hard, then you are not it. And it will keep you out of competition. It will keep you out of certain classes you wanna take. And and it just does. It's it's like a bias. It's true. And but it's just funny. It's like all all the sought after <laughs> usually all the sought after gals are like short petite gals. Sometimes you get a leggy tall gal. But that's I feel like that's rare too. Like mm-hmm. they're not want I mean, sometimes they want legs, but like a tall gal, nah, you need to be a short petite. Yeah. Anything no, but- outside of that, boo
2: it's true and there's a little there's a little extra struggling there's a little struggle bus that happens along with Uh that and so I mean and and just like all of the outliers associated with the most commonly trending things you know like Uh um there are exceptions there there are exceptions to these rules it's just that Uh there's a particular type of resilience that those individuals tend to have. And so I would yep. say, if you look at a, if you go to a swing dance event and you look around, you're probably not going to see a whole lot of black women. And so, yeah. uh, right. <laughs> and so,
1: <laughs> and so, sorry, laughing, but yeah. Oh no, but,
2: but I think the reason why you, you don't see that is because it's not that they don't come. I think that they do come, but they may not stay. And so yeah. um Because they suss out what we're talking about.
0: Guess what? You can take classes with none other than Laurel Ryan. Laurel Ryan is doing a solo jazz class, and that is Wednesday nights until March 10th. So she's doing them every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Mountain Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, until March 10th. And that is over at cmdance.org. Who is Laurel Ryan? Well, she's not only part of our Integrated Rhythm family, who does the music compositions and has been on several of our episodes, she is also an amazing instructor. And the classes are all about welcoming everyone into the dance. They're all about improvisation. They're all about building your musicality. They're all about basically just getting into the spirit of solo jazz. So you should go check it out. Once again, cmdance.org every Wednesday night until March 10th. Do yourself a huge favor. Hop on in. You're going to love it. Hey everybody, this is Bobby White from Integrated Rhythm. We're here to ask you to please consider donating to the podcast. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash integrated rhythm you can do so by venmoing at bobby swung and make sure to put a little ir in the note so we make sure it goes to the right people you can also do so by Paypaling at bobbywhite3 and once again putting a little ir in the in the window there doing so will help us keep this podcast going and we love doing it and we hope you love it too If you can't afford to donate at this time because times are rough, we totally understand. We don't want you to put yourselves out. We want you to keep enjoying the podcast for free. However, if you have a little bit of pocket change in your pocket, we would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thanks and have a great day. We're back.
2: Bobby, you looked like you wanted to say something a little bit ago.
0: Yeah, the 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 thing you mentioned about the the body uh remind me of this really really important thing that happened to me. I was working with a a partner and I'm such a clip geek and I'm such a geek about like uh, original whitey's lindy hoppers and mm-hmm. I was working with this partner and showing this clip and I was like, "Oh man, like we we got to try it. you got to watch this. We got to watch this." And mm-hmm. I and and my partner was like, Actually, I don't wanna see them dance right now i don't want I don't want to see another you know skinny, tiny follower that can fly through the air right mm-hmm. now because that's not me mm-hmm. and i I all of a sudden realized how many times I was like, "You gotta watch this awesome thing and all I was doing was just reinforcing this mm-hmm. thing that she was like was making me really uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I was unknowingly like putting it on such a pedestal just by like throwing it in front of her face being like, this mm-hmm. is so awesome. Right. And mm-hmm.
1: and like, you don't even know you're doing it or don't mean to do it. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like each of us check some boxes in this like group. Well, I'm really mainly talking about me and she's like, we'll check some of the boxes. Right. But then we don't check all the boxes and the thing that we don't check, like that's the thing we're always constantly having to, uplift ourselves in enough to have enough energy to go out and like be approachable and dance and stuff. But yeah, I mean, if you are a stranger to the dance and you're just checking it out and you're not particularly drawn to like the music or anything, but you're just going to check it out and like, you're not getting asked to dance or you're being judged on the way you look or your body type, then you're not coming back. Like, why would you? Like, uh-uh. Right, right. Again, like I said, I was lucky enough to have someone escort me the first night and also like we had again we had two like leads who had been nationally known internationally known and they took an interest like in training and practicing and stuff so like without those things i don't know if i would have stuck around either so
2: yeah yeah and so i i think it's really important to to examine that right like there could be i i, I know whenever uh I I've talked to people who who love our community so much. Mm-hmm. And whenever like certain they're challenged on some things, there's like a twinge, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pain, you know, they're like, no, but our community is amazing. And it's not saying that the community is not great, right. but like we we have to stare some of these things in the face. And it's um, true. you know, and so we were uh Bobby and I have an interview with crystal johnson and um and in that interview she talks about how like things haven't changed that much when when it comes to uh race and our current world and i think that that's a really important thing for us to reflect on yeah. and so if things have not changed that much in the last 60 70 years then what do we need to do to make actual change and not just appeared change and i think listening to these stories and like being okay with that twinge of pain where when someone Mm -hmm. says like you can't persist in this scene or like move accessibility moving through the quote-unquote hierarchy is impacted by these seemingly superficial things I think it's really important to actually listen to that to actually listen to that
1: right yeah you're totally you're totally hitting the nail on the head like again (laughs) okay I keep laughing at all this but I'm like this Sometimes it's painful. You got to laugh, right? Okay. So so also the way I got into like swing dancing and like my journey through like weaving and stuff is that I always at the very beginning of my journey always had someone telling me how I'm supposed to view swing dancing, how Mm. I'm supposed to view certain instructors, Mm. how I'm supposed to value some over others, how I'm supposed to like always listen, but like Sometimes I was told not to listen to like the follows explaining how to follow because they're just talking too much and like it's all about the feel. Mm-hmm. So I had a heavily, um, what's the word, like a heavily guided <laughs> way. like as if someone's Yeah, as if someone's hands were on my shoulders like guiding me. Mm-hmm. So like the first few years, I was kind of told what classes to take, who to take them from, like – how to act <laughs> like you want to do this competition not this competition um and at the same time this is how me and Laurel met so me and Laurel met kind of outside of swing dancing and then she came too, and then we started doing things together like me Laurel and Casey and Devante so we had like this group and our group itself was pretty diverse we had a uh, Uh, Chigusa used to come with us so like we just had like a really good diverse group and we would all go and have fun and stuff like that but then um, some people like left the scene or whatever so it ended up being just me and Laurel and so we were doing everything together we were practicing together and stuff like that but like she wasn't getting the same attention that I was getting so I was supposed to be the protege of this leader and he didn't feel like she was worth the time. So I was getting all of the sunshine and she wasn't. So she started doing her own thing, but we often, would get pitted against each other, like all mm. the time, like, Oh, you two can't be in this competition together. It has to be one or the other, which kind of was true because there's this thing that a lot of, uh, black women talk about is like, there can only be one, like yeah. <laughs> there can only be one in a competition. There yeah. can only like, one time it was me, Laurel, and Latasha in a
0: competition,
1: all in the same heat. And we all looked at each other and we were like, Well, we're all not gonna
0: make it. All in the same heat. Isn't that horrible <laughs> when that happens? All in the same heat? Or when you do like the jam like, you know, like a a battle style jam and like yeah. it's the two people of color in the same jam and you're like, No.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was like for some reason it was crazy. Like <laughs> By the way, (laughs) all the colors were in one heat.
0: (laughs) By the way, promoters, no one will care if you just shake that back again. No one will care if you're just like, okay, let's just reshuffle.
1: I know it's so weird, but like that that happened a lot. And I'll I'll go back into the like the three like competition thing. It's like if you you also feel guilty, like if one of you like if one of you wins to like to be the representation of all of you, then like heavy pressure. But we'll get back to that later. Wink. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) But like, that was, that was our, like, at first that was our friendship, which was like, we were always often pitted against each other, like in our community, but our friendship wouldn't really allow that. So I feel like for me, that's why I kind of like, we stick together a lot because we like grew up in the scene together. We both had like this polar opposite, like she had to fight for everything and I felt like I was supposed to be this protege that was supposed to come up in like a year's time. That was another thing. I had a lot of pressure put on me too. Like I had never danced before and this person wanted me to come up like he did, but he already had all this like dance experience. And he's like, I did it in a year. I did it in two years. And it's like, you could do two. And it's like, okay, cool. And then like when two years passed and I wasn't where he was, it was kind of like, you're not taking it seriously. You're not doing it. And I was like practicing like three times a week, every week. I was like <laughs> watching all these videos. So the experience was different because I was being trained to be like a replacement or like a, like, a replacement to him or whatever. So like some of the joy was taken out of it. Like in the beginning, I was having so much fun, but some a lot of the joy was taken out of it. I was being trained like an athlete. Meanwhile, Laurel's getting like ignored and like put down and like not, it, it wasn't the same. So we had to have a conversation about that. And like, there were some things that I didn't know was happening. And so that's why we were like, nah, we're just gonna, we're gonna like stick together. That's how I feel the story went. Now when you talk to her, you t- ask her about it, but- <laughs> so yeah so then as we started to grow it it was it started to be different like what i was told i didn't feel was the truth like what i was told that needed to happen i felt like was a lie like it was just really weird <laughs> it was really weird so like the first like i think i've been in swing dancing maybe maybe six years i don't know how long But I felt like the first 75% of it was like, you're a workhorse, you're gonna be trained the way I want you to be trained. And then like, you'll be rewarded by being international instructor like me. And then when I didn't fit that mold, I was kind of like tossed a little bit. So then I had to figure out what I wanted to do in the scene and figure out what I thought about instructors and what I think about the dance. But at the same time, I'm like, trying to put myself in competitions to get that ticket to get to the next event. Cause I can't afford it. Right. So it was a, it was a lot of psychological things happening, but <laughs> in the end, I feel like because of the friendships I created in the community, like it all like worked itself out in a way. Now there are still times where I'm just like very critical. Cause I'm always thinking about, I got it. I gotta win this thing because it's like what was taught to me. Like if I don't win, it means like if you're not first place, you're last place, kind of thing. So that's a lot of things I need to work out of myself, but I'm in a better place now.
2: <laughs> that well, it's it's wonderful that you're in a better place now. And I I really appreciate your story and um it's it's interesting how people are shaped as they come into a thing. Mm-hmm. And it, like you said, your story was, your experience was highly curated. It was very mm-hmm. focused, mm-hmm. Um, which, is, which is interesting. Um, I I kind of adhere to Perry's um, student development theory. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a theorist who was a Harvard professor and um, he looked at his students through from their first year in undergrad to their senior year and um essentially they follow a similar progression that most students starting anything so like swing dancing, follow. And so when you first come into the scene, when you first start taking lessons, there's this temptation to look at people who are teachers as like all knowing, they're gurus and you know nothing. And so it's very binary, black and white. It's like the students know nothing, the teachers know everything. And um, you are just kind of like this, like tabla rasa, you like your aura, like a piece of clay to be molded. Um, and so, your prior knowledge, what you bring to the table, isn't really considered. But like, as you develop, you start to realize that teachers don't know everything and you do actually have something to contribute. and like the conditions change, right? And so it, I think it's really important, especially when we think about people who are kind of are tradition bearers in the stance. So people who are from the black American perspective often carry, cultural knowledge and embodied knowledge of this dance uh and maybe not don't even realize it even if they don't have that much dance experience there's some things that they might be able to access that if you manipulate or hold uh, hold their learning too tightly initially might be trained out of them or lost right and so and that doesn't just go for like Black Americans. That goes for a lot of people who have things to say, especially when they're learning in adulthood. So, I hearing your like very controlled experience makes me kind of uh, question some things as a, as an educator, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, that was another conversation like I was having with Laurel. I was having with like the gals, like you know the gal group that we're in or whatever, yeah. which is like. You're right. Like there are some things that you come into the dance with that are kind of inherent to you that you love to do that. Like maybe you grew up with like you and your girlfriends or like kid mm-hmm. things. And you grow up and you're like, oh, this could be applied in this dance. Like this yeah. would be great. But then like some instructor or someone with power or influence is like, no, you're doing it wrong. You're supposed to do it like this and only this way. Like they're, they're only curating you like one way to get to a point when there's several ways to get to that point. And so then, it gets beaten out of you like really early on, like really like yeah. within the first couple of years, like you, you were doing all kinds of stuff and now you don't do any of it. And now that you are at a certain place in your dancing where people find you acceptable, like, oh yeah, they're good. Or yeah, they're good enough. Then that's when you can express yourself in these ways. And I think that's weird mm-hmm. because if by this time, yeah. you don't got no, exp- like it already got like taken out. Like it already got booed by everybody. Boo, right. you suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, that, like, that is such a great summation of, I think, what is maybe one of the crucial problems in modern swing dance instruction is that they detach creativity from technique
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: try to put mm-hmm. them back together later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, then yeah, it's
1: hard you, to do because you kind of yeah. like lost kind of a little bit of that part. Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. on top of that, if you hear people in the judge's room, a secret, I'm going to tell you a secret. When you hear like certain teachers in their judges room they'll be like, "Man, all those dances were boring." It's like, "You did this."
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you did. <take> yeah. This. <laughs> well, and it breeds a type of dependency on instructors, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, like th- as as a teacher, I'm off that's often a question I'm asking is how well am I preparing my students to exist without me? Mm-hmm. Like, in the, as I think about my student clinicians, I'm like, I want you to be able to meet a client, work with them and be successful without me. That is the goal. So yeah. there are things I can do to breed dependence on me that make will make you think that you're learning. Mm-hmm. But I want you to be independent at the end of the day. And and the I same thing that. goes in, in dancing. And so we have to be intentional about those beginner students. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we're breeding dependence and, and making copycats, then oh. like when we all of a sudden say, be creative, show me something, you know,
1: like. They're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what you say? Hmm?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you all feel, I mean, <laughs> I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> this is my show. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Do you all feel like that happened to you in some way, shape or fashion? Or is that like a me experience only?
0: No, that absolutely 100% happened to me. And it happened to me in a weird way because I, um, yeah, I started, I started off fresh and create, like I started off, like when I look back at my mindset, when I first started dancing, Mm -hmm. I love it. Like I was just like, I don't care. I'll just try it and I'll Mm -hmm. just make stuff up because that's clearly like and I feel you can, I feel that anyone who, if, if you just left someone in a room, you know, with like hell's a poppin' and the spirit moves, mm-hmm. they could get that from it. Like, yeah. yeah, if you just like, you know, put a dance floor and an iPad and an iPad with some music and a few mm-hmm. clips, then I've, I'm pretty sure that most people would get that idea out of it, that this is a creative, individualistic, expressive art form where you just get to like play and move and play and move and that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, and especially going once I got in the once I got and saw that eye line of like, wait a second, I could do this for a living. I could teach this dance for a living. Then I started worrying about like, well, in order to do that, I need to make sure that I'm doing well in contests so that people Mm -hmm. will hire me. I need to make sure that I'm doing my technique right, because my instructors are prioritizing technique Mm -hmm. um, in very specific ways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh so they Yeah so they're prior prioritizing technique in in very specific ways not because there's there's a technique to creativity there's a technique to playing there's a technique mm-hmm. to making sure to keep all of it and keep it going while you're growing as a dancer there's a technique to keeping yourself in the in the mind space of like being in a party dance rather than like mm-hmm. a structured ballroom dance like there's there's all these sorts of things that we as teachers can be getting across to our students to just help keep the original spirit alive in the dance mm-hmm. that I wasn't getting at the time. And I also made it worse on myself just because of my personality type of like, well, I want to do this thing. So I want to do it right. And so I, I guess I'll start following these rules that I apparently I need to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until like long at, basically it wasn't long until I realized like, why do I just not enjoy this as much as mm-hmm. I used to? Like that's, that's, that's a warning sign. That's a red flag. And that Mm -hmm. kind of like started unraveling the process.
1: Boom, baby. I wish we had an explosion, like add an explosion sound here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Bobby. That was
1: so good. It was so good.
2: (laughs) It was dynamite.
1: (laughs) Nice. We got jokes here. This is a comedy Comedy podcast.
2: (laughs) I'm here all week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're right. You're totally right, Shisomo, What about you?
2: Um, (laughs) well, (laughs) I, I, sorry. Like, insert awkward laughter here. Uh, And and listening to these, I've been hearing my like little guffaw that comes out, and I'm like, people have to listen to that like all the time. Like, people, my entire life have had to listen to my little (laughs) guffaw. Um, (laughs) Just, oh my god. Anyway, uh, so. I would have to say overall kind of, kind of, kind of, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my entrance into the dance was, I want to say non-traditional, but kind of traditional. Like mm-hmm. I was in college, I had my friend, you know, like, and then she went on to like reinstate or get the swing club moving and grooving again. So she was mm-hmm. the president of a swing club. So I was learning a lot from students, in college and we all know what college, like the college swing club experience Mm -hmm. so um so we're not necessarily talking about like the highest level of instruction (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and then when i but then i left swing dancing and i went on to grad school i left the country and went back to zambia when i came back to swing dancing years later um in 14 i I started to do that traditional path where I was taking classes and I was taking classes from an international instructor and so then I started to try to push I was like I did things wrong the last time, so I'm gonna try to do things right this time, and I actually didn't care last time so so I became very focused and studious and so in that, I did kind of disconnect who I am as a mover and a dancer mm-hmm. from who I was as a swing dancer and so even now i feel like i've got these distinctly different dancing styles because mm-hmm. like in that time that i left i joined a dance troupe um and i was part of this dance fitness thing and i was training with different people in in zambia and i also had grown up dancing and um at home and so like i'm there was a freedom in that movement and even now like those are the classes that i'm hired to teach the most mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um and so there's a freedom in that movement and i move so so well in that space yeah. but i have had a hard time super imposing that into my swing and yeah. i feel like my uh, r- really there have been some people who've helped begin to unlock that in my swing dancing. So like Laura, Desiree Raffers, Laura Key, Um, And then Bobby partnering with Bobby has really helped me begin.
1: That hey. <laughs> out.
2: I, Bobby, I feel like you need to do that pose again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> we need like a little sticker graphic, like bam. Yeah. Bam.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. But yeah, but like work Bobby was literally, literally one of the first leaders that I worked with. That were who was like, and definitely like, um, a, the most influential. Anyway, who saw who's like no you're fine like let's take what's good about how you let's take you and invite you into the space you know like Mm -hmm. like yeah there's some like we can spend some time in the technical space you know but like let's let's really and so um and i would have to say adam did that in lindy hop so um, but i i didn't really get to see adam that often get to see bobby more regularly um and so So, yeah. So I I have come into a place now where I'm exploring that, but it's, I've definitely gone through that journey and I hit a lot of roadblocks in the competition space because of my difference in body type Mm -hmm. and the way that I move. And in my exploration of the things that I do well, we found like there's some mechanical things that have kept me from doing things traditionally Mm -hmm. because of the really cool things that I can do. Right. So, um,
0: it is, it's, it's part yeah. of how it goes, and and something that um, something I would love for I I would love for all followers in contests to know is how much <laughs> how much the leader is responsible for dancing with you, mm. and not just like doing their thing. Like like you're not in. A, I I I have the feeling that a lot of followers maybe go into a contest and let's say their scores aren't what they were hoped they were, and they come out of it and they might beat themselves up a little bit. Um, as opposed to asking themselves, how much did the leaders actually dance with them and like mm-hmm. work on a conversation together as opposed to, you know, the expectation being that the follower can follow and do everything this leader wants and the follower can follow and uh-huh. do everything this leader wants and the follower can do all that that leader wants. Yep.
1: And yeah. like, I was like totally taught again, <laughs> I still have to deconstruct half of this stuff, but like a lot. Cause I was taught so much thing, so many things, but I was taught that like, if you're a good follow, like you can just be a, like a cog and like, it can, you can move from leader to leader and you can basically do what they can do, but like following for just following. And if you're good at doing that, then that's when you can put in your swivels. So like for the first two, two and a half years, no swivels. So like, there were certain like classes I couldn't get into because they were like, you're not swiveling. And it's like, well, I'm just going not to swivel. So like, no swivels, no like rhythmic footwork, none of that. But yet, I, that's what I wanted to do. That's naturally what I wanted to do. But yeah, so yeah. that's what I was taught. It's like, well, if you're a good follow, then you can follow. And then once you can do that, like, then you can do all this creative stuff. Then you can do swivels because yeah. it's distracting to the lead. And I used to think that that was true because this person was telling me that. And that's all I know is, like, all the info is from this person. Mm-hmm. So I and started to think way, about like, that.
0: Oh, go ahead. That sorry. Is, that, no, it's, it's also hilarious. Like, that is really a modern concept. Like, the original dancers, they were 180% themselves when they danced. And, mm-hmm. like, a lot of them just would only dance with the leaders that they had a good conversation with. And the re- mm-hmm that kind of things. It's, it's really I know. striking.
1: It's yeah. wild. Like I started thinking about that and I was like, wait a minute, if that's the case, then some of these leads shouldn't be doing some of the stuff they are doing. they shouldn't be doing these tough turns cause they can't do it. They shouldn't be doing no Texas Tommy ow, wow, out, out. Like, <laughs> and a lot of leads in our scene, if they're not doing Lindy hop, they're doing the step step rock step. That's basically what we teach for the beginner class is like this West coast lesson. And a lot of them do these like arm moves. Like one of them's called the arm crusher. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Or like the fox in the hole. No, thank you. Like it puts the <laughs> following these weird <laughs> positions of danger. So I don't want to do all of that. But I so thought, many
0: terrible names for moves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a bone crusher? Why do you got to crush my bones? <laughs> crush your own bones? Like, come on now. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like okay but the way i was taught is like well a good follow will like be able to do this seamlessly like you'll be able to predict their movements and so i think when i partner dance although this was like a bad mentality i think that i can be pretty responsive i'm doing Arab quotations because that's how i was taught so now i'm learning how to <laughs> it's also a crutch too because i'll predict what i think the lead is doing Mm. most of the time the leads aren't doing anything crazy so I can predict it and then like usually follow that way which is bad because I'm not living in the moment right and I'm not really giving like the actual momentum stuff I'm faking it but uh it's sad that I can predict most leads because they're not trying the dangerous things when you start to get up full up up the levels because sometimes they're still worried about looking good as opposed to like being creative right mm. so it's a double-edged sword it's like you're not supposed to dance that way but it looks good it looks like you're dance like you're having this conversation but you're not you're kind of predicting what they're going to say and then like putting the words mm. in their mouth essentially
2: yeah. Mm. yeah yeah I I feel like we get into questions higher up in it in, like in, in more advanced spaces about like about conversation and having different conversations, interesting conversations, being creative, mm-hmm. but we have spoiled those tools, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, because like if the focus was on actually being in the music and responding to the music mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. And so and recognizing like one of the things that I loved about that I love about social dancing and partner dancing is the ability to co-create like yes. my favorite things in life have to do with collaboration. Yes. and community. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so and like partner dancing and social dancing is this opportunity to have community in a way that is beautiful and can be observed and shared, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and you can create this thing anyway. So mm-hmm. I, If since our focus has become so internal and so about like how do I look, then it it kind of hampers our ability to like to do some really cool things. Yeah.
0: And this just made me think that like Mm -hmm. I I'm just gonna throw this out there. It's a new thought. It I might totally think it's a horrible idea later. (laughs) How much do we ask? When, we, when we're dancing in the modern scene,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how much are we playing pretend? How much are we playing make-believe that we're doing this dance as opposed to actually doing this dance, right? Like you yeah. put on the clothes and yep. you do the moves that you were yep. taught by these awesome instructors so that you yep. can pretend to be like these instructors or something to that. Like like how much are you just like Speak on pretending it. to dance as opposed to actually just dancing?
1: Speak on it. That, okay, so that right there, you said a word. Okay,
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a whole word, right? Yeah.
2: That's
1: a whole word because <laughs> recently, like within the past couple of years of my dancing, that's something I've been trying to focus on. Like when I'm dancing with someone, the first couple of beats or whatever in the music, I'm listening to what this person finds important, right? So if they're pulsing and they're like doing like really simplistic, well moves, like they're really focused on technique, then I'm like, okay, so I know what kind of lead this is. This is what they're focused on. So if this is the kind of lead they are, then there's some kind of things that I can do within it. And then I'll try to like have this conversation. So I'll insert something and I'll be like, yo, like if this is a, yo, you like this? <laughs> and if they don't respond to it, then it's like, oh, okay. So they're going to be the kind of lead that doesn't have a conversation, that they're going to do whatever they're going to do regardless and you're just like the prop for them. So if that's a conver- if that's the partnership of this one dancer, then that's when I'm like, "Okay, well, if they're doing that, then I'm just going to do footwork. I'm going to try different syncopations. I'm going to try different like highs and lows. Like, I'm going to make the conversation work." If you're with a lead that's like a yes ander where you do something and then they do something off of your thing and then you do, like that's the kind of collaboration that I'm looking for, like what almost said. And I think you're right, Bobby, in the fact that when you're teaching technique absent from creativity, absent from people taking ownership of the dance as they are who they are, then you are playing pretend. You are taking how a particular instructor does their Susie Qs and you're putting it on yourself and being like, this is how a Susie Q is supposed to be. But it's like, no, that's how they do it in their body, how it, feel good, how it feels good to them. And you're doing what they're doing. So you're a, mini, you're a mini instructor just like them, but you haven't figured out what works for you. And therefore we are making carbon copies of people absent of creativity, absent of uniqueness. It seems like. Now, now this isn't everybody, but that's what it seems like the modern dance scene is doing. So you hit the nail on the head with like, we're putting on the vintage clothes, we're playing the records, we're watching the videos, (laughs) but we're removing historical context and we're removing creativity and we're swing dancing. Ah, not so much. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What is it, mic drop or (laughs)
1: So many points we hit. So far we've hit. We're pretending to dance. <laughs> if y'all, if all the blacks are in a heat, one has to. One has to what has to go? What has to? What has to be the representation of all of that? <laughs> if you have natural hair, that's how you have to wear it. Can't wear this curl. So we've hit a lot of topics tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, we have.
1: Oh my. <laughs> To graded rhythm with Gisomo
0: and Bobby.